Welcome to the Mental Health and You podcast. This podcast brings you information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust, with a range of teams, services and those who use them, sharing their experiences and wisdom with us every fortnight. Hello, welcome to our podcast. Today, um, I'm Julie and today I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my role as chaplain and the chaplaincy team and today I have Andrea with me who has benefited from chaplaincy so Andrea thank you for being with me today it's great to have you here hi Julie thank you for inviting me it's great to be here and hello everyone who's listening into the podcast um so I'm guessing you've invited me here today so we can have a, a chat about what you do and um, how chaplaincy can help people is that right Yes, that is. It's it's about the chaplaincy service, what the service has to offer and what I do within my role as chaplain. Um, I do many things within my role as chaplain, do a lot of listening, sitting alongside people in times of crisis, as well as during times during times of, of recovery. And there's many ways as a chaplain we work. We work with people on a one to one basis. Yeah. We work with people in groups. We work with people creatively. We will engage with different activities. We'll sometimes have discussions, but we we sit alongside people at a time when, as we know, during a time of crisis, we can feel that we've lost a real sense of hope and and we need somebody to hold that hope for us. Sometimes our presence is enough, and yet other times we might need to to sit and listen, to be in regular contact with people, to share things with people that they won't share with anybody else. So it's a safe place. We provide a safe place where there's no judgment, where people can share what's on their hearts and their worries and their concerns. So that's a little bit about what a chaplain does. Lots of people think chaplains, um, historically they were uh, ministers of the church, but chaplaincy is more diverse now and, and there are chaplains of many faiths, whereas historically that would have been uh, if you were a chaplain, you would have been uh, an Anglican male vicar. Oh, okay, that sounds fantastic, and it sounds it's it's wonderful that the trust is offering that, and we've got you on board with us. I a couple of times I heard you say we. So do I take from that that you're not the only chaplain within the trust? Are there more of you? Well, we are a very small team. There is two of us. I cover Norfolk and Waveney and my colleague covers Suffolk and I'm very pleased to say that we have just recruited uh, our second uh, chaplain who will be working in Suffolk after a period of time when the previous chaplain um, left so we're very happy to be, um, be having a new member my colleague, a new member to the team, who I'm sure will bring many creative ideas and bring a lot of um, a lot of themselves to the role. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad you found someone. 
because it's a big area to cover, isn't it, on your own? Mm, um, it is. So I'm just wondering, what brought you to join the chaplaincy team then, Julie? What brought you to us at the what Trust? Brought, what brought me to you, uh, to you at the Trust is um, I'd worked as a nurse, a general nurse, and I yep. also worked in social work for a while as an unqualified social worker. Okay. But I never felt that peace that comes from either of those roles I felt there was something missing but what I recognized during the time when I was a nurse during the time when I worked in social work was how I wanted to give people space and time to be able to share those things that they couldn't share anywhere else yeah and um, when I was nursing uh, one of my aims was to be a spiritual lead and to bring spiritual leads into the workplace so to do that alongside my general nursing I became an accredited preacher in my own faith tradition and I was in the process of I'd actually started the process of of becoming a minister in the church when um, things changed and that wasn't the way forward because at the time I thought I needed to do that to be a chaplain. And as I said earlier, chaplaincy is now very diverse and and is recognised that um, different people from different walks of life, different professions bring something to the role of chaplaincy. Yeah. And I felt that I'd had the life experience alongside working experience to actually make a difference to people and give them the time to reconnect with those things that they valued which brought hope and meaning especially during those times of crisis and during recovery where there is a sense of loss of identity and a loss of the things that are familiar and important to people yeah it's really really important for people isn't it who are using our services or supporting someone using our services or equally a staff member just to have someone to talk to and a safe place to go um mm. what, what do you enjoy most about being one of our chaplains julie you know what do you what is it that makes you come to work every day what i don't is is people i would say it's it's not I, I wouldn't use the word enjoy I think rewarding yeah. because I am so okay. rewarded by by the people I meet they give me so much back and I think what is so rewarding is to see people reconnect with themselves and their self-worth yeah and to regain that sense of hope that life is there to be embraced and and to be able to sit alongside people during the most difficult moments in their crisis is a privilege and a privilege that I will never, ever take for granted. Because I've met some really wonderful people, um, gifted people who have really enriched my life as well as I hope I've enriched theirs 
Yeah, and I'm I'm well, I'm sure that you have. So supporting people then is one of the things that you say that you feel reward from. How yeah. how can you support people if they they want to get involved um with chaplaincy? Well, we we um like I say we do different things. We support people. We're there on the end of the phone. We're there in person to sit alongside people. We're there to sit with them in the silences. We're there to sit with them in their time of frustration. We're there to 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 be with them when they want to rediscover and reconnect with those things that uh, re-engages them with their identity. So we want to know the person. And we do that in many different ways. We do it by, like I say, offering a one-to-one where they have the space, to, a confidential space to just sit and to share. We do the group work and that group work might involve using sensory aids and music. And for some people it's about reconnecting as well to their church. So we would, we would reconnect them with their church or it might be whilst they're in hospital that we do that by holding a service where we sing and we have quiet times and we have prayer. We also do it by providing spaces within our trust, which are known as contemplation spaces or multi-faith spaces where people can go and they can sit quietly and they're open to all faiths and none. And chaplaincy is open to all faiths and none. Okay. Chaplaincy embraces everyone because although people might not be religious, you can argue that we are all spiritual in a sense, that we have those beliefs that are the essence of who we are and the life we live. Yeah, it's very true. So the multi-faith rooms, are they dotted about all of our trust buildings? Yeah. Or? Yes, they are in, um, you've got a multi-faith room, we've got multi-faith room at Helsden, which is known as the Haven. Yeah. A lot a lot of people still refer to it as the chapel, but others call it the Haven. We have two at Carlton Court in Lowestoft, one in the Dragonfly unit, and one um, in the older persons unit. We have a contemplation room at Hamilton Court, which is open to everybody from Hamilton Court and the Julian. Um, we have one at Northside House for um, staff and service users and their families. One at Woodlands in Ipswich. And one at um, Mariner's I don't know if that's Mariner's House. I think that's in Ipswich because Ipswich is not really my patch, but we do have one there. Okay. Also, yeah, there's, we have quite a a range of areas which offer a contemplation space or a, a multi-faith room. But alongside of that, we can always find a space if people aren't able to access those rooms for whatever reason 
we can always find a quiet space for people to have that time of reflection. Meditation, prayer, these are all the things that a chaplain can offer. Um, the time to um, the time to reflect. Yeah. And that can be done in different ways through creative art, through listening to music, through singing. Um, through reading different texts, poems. Yeah, sounds brilliant. And are you open open to suggestions? So, you know, if people for, I've come from all different faiths, as you said, but if someone had a request, um, I don't know, for, um, say, a, 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 a book or, a, you know, yeah. a spiritual book, would you be yeah. able to provide that? Yes, we do our best to provide books. There are books in the multi-faith rooms. Brilliant. And the contemplation rooms, which we replenish and hopefully um, recruit some monitors who would be happy to um, support us with that so that um, people do have those books available and 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 do have that space um, to be able to sit. Brilliant. So so there's chance for people to to get involved, even though they're not actually a chaplain or anything. Oh, they can they can support you and help you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Wonderful. Thanks for explaining that. It's yeah. all right. I hope it's been useful. I probably haven't explained everything. That's very because our role is very diverse in the sense of how we meet people. You know, it, it's it's. um. Yes, we are there for people with their uh, religious needs, but we are there for everyone. And yeah. it's about being person centred in our approach, about providing that, like I say, that non-judgmental, safe space, confidentially, so that people can express who they are. Yeah, oh, it's, it's lovely. Do you remember, I mean, we've known each other quite a while now, Julie. Do you remember how we first met? Oh, tell me, Andrea. Yeah, tell me I'll how tell you. you. So I, I remember, it's, a, it's a, something that you do to support just staff members. Um, so, you know, people that are using services won't be able to get involved in what I'm about to talk about. But I know that they they will definitely be supported in the same way with kindness compassion and find a lot of comfort from meeting with you but it was I think it was when um when we had the pandemic I think and you put together some prayer ah. groups in the mornings so several mornings a week you offered a space for staff to come and meet with you and we called it a prayer group but it's not that it's we just have a, a quiet space to contemplate and yeah, just just think about people that we might like to support and, you know, if you like, say a prayer or send a thought to. And, you know, I'm not I don't have any specific religion. I do believe that there's a higher power. But for me, it was just about a group of people to coming together who showed me empathy and support and kindness. Um, we, we talked about our day ahead and things we might be struggling with and yeah, because I live alone, that was especially important to me when I couldn't get out and meet other people. And I've made some great friends through the group. And I know that if there's a time I'm struggling and I can't make it to the group, then I can always contact you separately and you'll make time for me. And we'll do all the things that you've spoken about earlier. I think one of the things yeah. I do as well that I didn't mention earlier was we share in, 
in coffee and cake. We do, definitely. <laughs> and that is uh, that uh, brings people together uh, uh, to to feel that they belong. Because when people are in hospital, they lose that sense of belonging sometimes when they're yeah. in a crisis because of, of where they are. And we forget that the familiar things that are important in people's lives are not there anymore. They no. don't have those connections in the same way. So it's important that we try to recognise, that staff recognise that those things that are missing when they're in hospital, that actually promote their recovery and meet their spiritual needs. Yeah. I think that is uh, because if you look at the nursing um, midwifery guidelines, it says that spirituality sits alongside all the other components of care that we should be offering. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, having chaplains in the service, then we're we're meeting that need, aren't we? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Um, there is a need for volunteers. So, if anybody listening would like to consider being a volunteer, um, please do contact. Do make contact. Um, you will see in the um, attachment that accompanies this podcast, the way that you can actually contact um, the chaplaincy team. Yeah, and I know that we've got a volunteer coordinator in the trust and she's she's yeah. always happy to have a chat with people, isn't she? She's really lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so together we can sort of um, you know, support people if they feel that they want to um, become involved in that. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. So how, how do people get hold of you then, Julie? They can contact, they can see, find out more about us on the nsft.nhs.uk chaplaincy um, link through Google. Uh, we also have a spiritual care team at nhs, nsft.nhs.uk. So they can contact us in that way. Okay. Or they can go through Health and Switchboard, 01603 421 421, and they will um, transfer it through to me. Okay. And if somebody is um, receiving care from us and um, and benefit benefiting from our services, so if they've got a care coordinator or a clinician, yeah. could could they ask um, that professional to contact you as well if yes. they didn't want to do it themselves? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, but yeah. Yes, of course. Yes. Brilliant. OK. Oh. Is, there, is, is there anything else you want to add? I obviously want to say a big thank you to you because you've made such a difference to my life. And, you know, coming to the prayer groups in the mornings has, has given me a purpose, something to get up for and, to, you know, it's, it's been amazing. But is there, is there anything oh. else you wanted to add that we haven't covered, Julie, I'm that gonna, just brings to I, mind? I think that chaplaincy is a very unique role. Because yeah. although we are part of the trust and although we are part of teams, we have a very different role to the clinicians, to the admin and to all those other professional people that support people. So um, I think our, our role is very unique in that we do have the time and that's no disrespect to any professionals. We do have the time. We can allocate that time to be with people when they need us to be. 
Um, and I want to thank everybody in the trust for actually giving me the privilege to be a chaplain for them. Oh, and thank you so much for today, oh, Julian. Thank you, Andrea. Yeah, and thank you to everybody who's who's listening to us today, listening to our podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as Julie said, if you do want to find out more about chaplaincy, then please, please do get in touch. And yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day. Yes. Bye, Bye for now. <laughs>